Listener Production. G'day, it's Rusty here and this is the Motorsport Brief, your short, sharp update. And just a few days after, a ripper weekend on both the local and global scene. Today, the Supercars Series leader will join us. Hi everyone, welcome to another edition of our new Rusty's Garage Shortcast. Thank you very much for all the feedback too. We would love you to rate and review the pod, whether you're using the free listener app or any of the other major platforms. It is great to know that you're enjoying it. And I always appreciate the guest suggestions too. Keep them coming. Our latest long format with Michael Pickens dropped in the past week. It is a fantastic conversation around his Speedway achievements in New Zealand, Australia and the United States with a little bit of discussion dedicated to what he might do next too. Today's guest has been doing some sprint car racing and is pretty handy at that. It's early days in the 2023 Supercars Championship, but that is clearly the big target for him and the Erebus team. Brody Kostecki is on the line. Hello, mate. How are you, Russ? Nice to see you, mate. And it's, I mean, this is an audio experience, but can we start? <laughs> you are actually sitting in your simulator for this. This is highly appropriate, mate, isn't it? Yeah, well, I thought I would, you know, I, I, I used to do a bit of streaming and stuff, sometimes still do, um, when I have a bit of free time and, um, yeah, sort of the, it's already set up, ready to go, so I thought I'd just jump in and I can get straight into a race afterwards. You're having <laughs> a great season, mate, which we can talk about, but does the sim stuff help all of that? I mean, a number of guys do it, obviously. Do you find it beneficial? Yeah, definitely. I've always done, um, you know, I've always had a racing simulator since I was probably seven years old, um, and I think it really, you know, we only raced 12 12 uh, times a year in the supercars calendar. So um, you need to try to fill your time up with, you know, racing as much as possible. And it's, you know, sometimes it'll be hard these days to go jump in a car and go to a racetrack. So, um, you know, fortunately enough, technology's come so far these days with, um, you know, different racing platforms. I, I generally use iRacing and spend a bit of time on there as as well as some other drivers as well. And um, yeah, I like to have a burn around there. Good on you. Probably worth uh, opening the batting in this conversation, mate, by rewinding a little to the Grand Prix, getting the Larry Perkins trophy from LP himself. Where does that rank for you in career terms? Pretty special. Yeah, it is actually uh, very, you know, very special. It's, it was a bit of a surreal moment at the time, obviously getting my first, you know, race win that weekend and, you know, backing it up the race afterwards. But it sort of really meant nothing at the time to me um, because I knew that there was a lot on the line and I knew how much the um, Larry Perkins trophy would mean to the team. And, um, you know, it was it was a big sigh of relief, um, obviously starting that last race from, I think, 14th or 15th and racing Shane, he was starting 12th. And, um, you know, we had to beat him to get the LP trophy. So obviously to get on the podium that last race from where we started was, you know, pretty unreal. And, um, you know, when we crossed the line and, you know, got told that we obviously he'd got the LP trophy and um, was able to give it to Barry, which was a really cool moment for myself. Awesome. Early days. I know you'll be keen to remind us of that in this championship. Erebus, though, um, even at this point, I think it's fair to say, looks like a more consistent package than it perhaps has been in, in recent years. And I, no doubt there's many factors in that. Uh, Garth Tander has even described you in the press very recently as the, the team I'm talking, as the real deal. What are all the factors that have come together here in, in your mind with this new car perhaps that have that have given you that sort of start to the year? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest here. You know, the last two years was really difficult for myself. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a really competitive person and really not the best sort of loser, um, as, as I guess many probably, um, you know, 
professional competitive people are and um, whatnot. But, you know, when I first signed on to Erebus as well as Will as well, the whole goal was to be prepared when Gen 3 showed up. And uh, a lot of uh, hard work and effort has gone into, um, you know, the Erebus Gen 3 program. And, um, you know, when I first hit the track, um, you know, for the first time in the car um, for the shakedown, there at Winton, um, you know, all my, um, well, not doubts, but all my questions got answered straight away. You know, the team did a fantastic job. The car was unreal straight away. And it was, you know, great to see that, you know, um, you know, carry on into Newcastle to get the first ever pole for Gen 3 as well. And obviously, the, the you know, the year that we've had so far has just been amazing. But um, yeah, I'm not counting my chickens yet. Like you said, it's still really early in the season. But um, yeah, it's definitely been exciting so far. And I think there's still more to come from us as well. Good job. Did it give you a great feeling from the very outset, mate? I mean, much has been said about the car, what different people think about it and so on. I don't necessarily want to ask that, but but did you walk away from that opening experience thinking, you know, we're in good shape here. This is a good way to start the year. Yeah, definitely. I was really open-minded when I first jumped into the car. Um, you know, I did um, a bit of prototype testing um, in, in, in the, uh, you know, the supercar zone, Gen 3s, and I wasn't really too sure what to expect straight away, but... I just wanted to stay up and wanted because at the end of the day, um, it's about what the fans see, not about what we feel or say. Um, it's about what the fans see in the show that we put on for them. And I think so far, Gen 3 has been you know, fantastic in terms of that. We saw that on the weekend. So, um, yeah, it's been a good challenge for myself and also for the team and as well as other teams as well. I'm yeah, just excited to be a part of it and um, excited to be a part of the team that's getting the most out of it as well. You've been doing some debrief notes just before you kindly joined us today. Uh, one thing you may not have done as a part of that is look right back over the the broadcast. There was a nice little snapshot in there, Brody, of, of your career that Mark Larkham did. I thought it was superb. And it reminded viewers about uh, the time that you spent in the US as a as a teenager with things like the, the K&N Pro Series against the likes of, of Bubba Wallace. I mean, they were they're physical cars, mate. Um, that's a little while ago now, but has that that variety has a little bit of that history been been beneficial for where we are now? Yeah, definitely. Um, I put it, I probably wouldn't put it down to one category. I'd probably put it down to the variety of things that I've raced, um, and also to have I've had a lot of um, support around me the last few years. You know, Paul Morris as well was always said to you know drive as many different cars as you can and uh, just stay open minded. Um, yeah, you, you don't really want to get stuck in. Um, you know, a single way of thinking or driving. Um, you know, you want to be as open-minded as possible and have as many tools from the toolbox you can draw from. So I've been pretty fortunate enough to to drive, you know, uh, cars like that NASCAR k Pro Series car and, um, you know, other cars as well, um, which has been, you know, fantastic. And I, I probably put some of my success down to, you know, driving all those variety of different things. Mm. That leads me naturally to sprint cars. People can find on your social media some of the stuff you've been doing over over summer. Um, that That's, I mean, very, very different if we're talking diverse things to drive here. How much have you enjoyed that? Has it helped? And will you do a bit more of it in the, the summer of 24? <laughs> yeah, I'm actually going to be doing quite a bit more of it, um, you know, when the calendar aligns properly and I have enough time after a sprint car around um, to sort of, catch my breath you know those Excellent. cars are absolutely unreal and i've really enjoyed the challenge so far and it's probably been the most frustrating thing i've ever done in my whole life <laughs> is uh jumping that sprint car it's um you know i've always been um you know jumped into a car and it hasn't taken me too long to you know sort of get the swing of things but um to be honest this these cars are just absolutely crazy mm-hmm. i mean you're strapped to 900 horsepower and um you know you, you get out of the car and you know you feel like you've 
got back into a world that's in slow motion. So that's it's been great for me, you know, jumping out of that car and then jumping back into a supercar. Everything feels like it slows down a lot, which has been you know, pretty cool. And um, yeah, it's definitely helped me out a bit this year. Good on you. I'm glad you're doing more of that. Great endorsement from your engineer, George, as well, who has worked with um, almost a dozen Formula One drivers during his career. And he rates you the best of them, mate. What What is it that's working so well between you two, do you think? Yeah, it's, um, you know, I've been with George now since I first started, you know, had, you know, first started racing supercars full time. And um, I've had a great relationship with him so far. And, you know, he's such a, you know, quiet character when he's around the pit lane and, um, you know, good fun to be around, um, you know, in, in the team environment. Um, you know, like you said, he's worked in many different forms of motorsport and has got a lot of wisdom that the team draws from as well. And, uh, yeah, he's a very smart man. And um, I think we both get the most out of each other as a combo, which is really cool to see. And uh, it's been great working with him. And, you know, we've had a really good year this year so far. And, uh, yeah, we're just sort of just trying to tick boxes together. And, um, you know, hopefully, you know, we can get to the end of the year and, um, you know, have a smile on our faces. More may that continue, more smiles. Now, you probably can't tell the full story. That's understandable. I like a little laugh along the way. You know that. Your nickname is Bush. Who gave that to you? And there is a little bit of a story about how it kind of came about, isn't there? <laughs> was it Paul Morris? Yeah, there, yeah, it was. Paul Morris um, <laughs> gave him the nickname. Um, he, he gives a, you know, a lot of people nicknames. but um, He's great with one-liners. Very good. Yeah, yeah. He, is, he is very good with one-liners. And I you know, was very fortunate enough um, coming up through the junior ranks to be able to spend a lot of time at Norwell to you know polish up, you know, improve my skill set. And um, yeah, was was driving some cars one day with him and um, yeah, we got into a bit of a brake failure with my cousin Kurt was actually driving the car at the time and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I wasn't really too excited about um, in a, it, being in the passenger seat of a car with no brakes and um, yeah, I, I definitely wasn't going to stick that out all the way to, you know, the earth bank or the trees there. So you Kurt bailed, had to, didn't you? You bailed. Yeah, I, I, had to, <laughs> I, I bailed out. <laughs> I think we were doing like 120 at the time. Crikey. And uh, I let Kurt take care of the rest. He, uh, he, he guided it directly into a tree. So he, he, um, he did a pretty good job there and I was, um, I was out and uh, slid along. Um, it was wet and raining. It was absolutely a miserable day. So I, was slid along the grass for probably 100 metres up an earth bank and come out of a bush. So There you go. Um, yeah, I was reborn that day as bush. Do not try that at home, kids. Now, it, no. do, it does It does lead me to the fact that Norwell has been fantastic for all sorts of reasons, for for the development of your own career that you've you've talked about there. But also too, mate, you, you give back a little bit now. You share a bit of that knowledge to to others. You Do you enjoy that stuff? Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I think it's really important to do and um, – you know, if I was a, you know, 12 or 13 or 14, 15 year old kid, um, I'd be asking for as much advice as I could. And there's, there has been some of those kids that are out there that are racing in Super 2 right now that are, you know, really eager to make it to the next step. And I think it's really important to put back into the sport. Um, you know, it is, it is actually really hard to, you know, with the cost cuttings these days to go out and practice a supercar and it's hard to get laps. Um, so, you know, having, um, you know, Norwell there as, you know, a training ground, you know, to be able to improve your skill set, you know, was really beneficial in my career and, um, yeah, would would love to help out as many, you know, young fellas as possible. Good on you. That podium at race nine in Perth represented a very young brigade. You, Brock Feeney, your teammate, Will Brown. I think the V8 Sleuth guys quite rightly reminded us the average age across the three of you, 23 years, 234 days. It is the youngest podium in supercar history. 
it feel pretty good to be kind of part of a of a of a new wave as well, mate? I know you're respectful of others that have come through it, but to be a bit of that new brigade, does that feel good? Yeah, it does feel. Um, yeah, it does feel good. It uh, means all those you know sleepless nights and you know uh, days of you know preparing um, you know my own Super Two car and sleeping on different people's couches and whatnot and just sort of you know trying to make it all happen was all you know worthwhile. So um, yeah, it's it's been great so far and it's great to see Brock getting some success as well. Hopefully, he doesn't get too much more the little <laughs> uh, the, the little bastard. But um, no, he's he's been um, you know he's been great for the sport as well and it's great to see young um, you know some youth coming through and. And I'm um, showing some success. Now, Chas Mostert, you lead him by 100 points going into, into Tassie. That's in a few weeks' time, next round of the series. What are kind of the team debriefs like? Because, as you said before, early days, but the goal here is to maintain, to build Brody, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, the common sense sort of prevails in these sort of scenarios. We, you know, we rolled out the start of the year really, you know, really fast and, and I think the gap has slowly been diminishing to the rest of the teams, as you know, as we saw in Perth, the qualifying was really tight and whatnot. So as the year goes on, um, you know, other teams are going to start to, you know, become more of a challenge to us, and as well as other teams as well, like uh, you know, Triple Eight. So um, yeah, we need to sort of keep on improving as well on our front. So yeah, like you just said, these debriefs are really important about you know what we can do better. And um, yeah, I didn't feel very strong on the Sunday and. Obviously, our two podiums that day is really cool. So it shows that you know there's you know there's more for us. Hmm. When you look up and down the pit lane, you, you identified Triple Eight there a moment ago, and obviously yourselves. Are there a couple of others now that you're starting to go? Oh, hang on, they're they're getting it. They're coming. Those guys. We're, we're, what about other teams up and down the line? Yeah, I think you know the most obvious one for me is probably um, Groves. You know they've done a fantastic job, and Dave was really fast all weekend and. Um, races probably didn't swing sort of his way, but um, yeah, he's had a really fast car, um, you know, the last couple of rounds and whatnot. And, you know, there's been BJR that, you know, Grand Prix had some really good pace at times, and um, but they seem to struggle a little bit at Perth. So, yeah, we've been lucky in that area, having the consistent speed throughout each round, which has been really cool. So, um, you know, Tasmania's next up for us and hopefully it carries on there. Barry Ryan's a tough racer. He's He's got some great experience in that um, in that sport, in that paddock. What sort of things is he saying to you guys, both of you? I mean, Will had a great weekend in Perth as well. Um, what sort of things is he saying in the wake of the the limelight that you guys are enjoying and, and the start to the year that you've had? Yeah, I think it's been a bit of a shock to his system this year, um, if I'm honest. You know, we went from last year and the year before to, you know, fighting inside just inside the top five and, you know, maybe here or then, you know, snagging a podium to – now it's, you know, the last couple of rounds, it's been, you know, why have we not been able to win? You know, we finished second or third or, um, you know, why, you know, pretty much why haven't we been able to sort of win whatnot? And it's, it's been a bit of a shock to everyone, but it's, you know, we've had to change our attitude a lot and, um, you know, our expectations are a lot different than, you know, what they were. They're a lot higher now and uh, the whole team's just done a fantastic job. You know, I don't feel like I have any pressure on me and, you know, Will feels the same way as well, as well as the crew. It's just everyone's just um, putting in the individual, you know, performance. And as a team, you know, we've been a fantastic team. What about Betty Clemenko? What's she saying? Uh, yeah, she's um, she probably she said a lot that I probably can't say here. <laughs> um, yeah, she's um, yes, yes, she's uh, said that she's never sworn so much at a TV, and uh, she was, you know, she was glad that you know she wasn't at Perth because she reckoned she would have had a heart attack when we got the one two and. Okay. Um, yeah, she's uh, been really excited about this year and I believe she's coming to Tasmania, so it'd be great to have her there. 
We'll squeeze in a quick break here. Brody's going to kindly stick around for a little bit longer on this edition of The Brief. We'll have more in a moment. few to finish here. The flashpoint, obviously, the big headline was the battle that you had with with Shane Van Gisbergen. And- it looked like, from the outside, a couple of blokes at Norwell in some old cars going at it. What did it feel like on the inside, both at the time it was happening and then when everything sort of settled down later? Yeah, it was an awesome race I had with Shane there and, um, you know, I've been really looking forward to, you know, some of these battles that we're going to have and um, I knew with, you know, four or five laps to go that he was going to get to me with about three laps to go and obviously George was in my ear, you know, letting me know lap times and, Whatnot, so I knew, you know, with about three laps to go, he was going to be on my bumper. And, um, you know, with three laps to go at that point, it's sort of anyone's race. So, um, you know, I wasn't just going to hand it to him. Um, you know, I wanted him to work for it. So, yeah, it was an awesome race between us both. And I enjoyed, enjoyed every second of it. Mm. The protest, I think um, everyone sort of talked about it. It's set a precedent. A few days have passed since then now. How do you guys sort of feel in, in the wake of that? Yeah, sort of the protest. Um, yeah, the protest sort of was just to, I guess, see, you know, what the racing was going to be like. And, you know, I was I was not necessarily happy with the moves prior to the um, protest incident that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, you on know, track we raced you're talking, a, on yes, track you mean, yeah. Yep. Yeah, on track and, you know, we raced to a, you know, to a rule book and that, you know, that's what, you know, the, you know that's what everyone races to and, you know, we're, we're, we're bound by the rules and uh, I was a bit, I was really disappointed that um, I got a bad sportsmanship flag and, and um, you know, it took, you know, six to seven hours to get an answer why I was, you know, given the sportsmanship flag and then I saw the day after on TV that, you know, they put it down to one move going to, going to turn six, which was a lap before the protests and every single camera angle was cut um, from the corner before where I was getting... Um, you know, hit pretty hard up the arse by Shane, which, uh, you know, is against the rules. But, you know, I, I don't actually care. Like, you know, that's just racing to me. And, um, you know, I enjoyed every second of it. But I was just really disappointed in, you know, how that sort of played out. And I didn't really care about the protest, to be honest. It was more about, you know, getting that flag and, uh, you know, the bullshit surrounding it. And, um, you know, just not not necessarily the truth was, you know, really given to me. And it was just all sort of you know, bullshit in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Is it because you're a, you're you're a hard but fair racer, mate? That that's the thing people probably need to take away from this chat. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, in my opinion, I played by the rules. Um, you know, I know the rules off my heart, as you know, you'd need to be, you know, going to those, you know, those sort of scenarios. And um, yeah, I, I I love racing hard, and to me, that is that is hard racing. Um, and even when Shane was rubbing with me, you know, I don't I don't really have a problem with that, but. It's just um, it sets a precedent now against the rules for you know for the future. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how the races sort of play out. And um, yeah, I've been penalised in the past before for you know for less, um, but um, it just is what it is, and we're just going to play on now. And to be honest, I don't really necessarily care about the whole deal, but some other people do. I would encourage people listening to this to listen to your answers in full, not little little sound bites, to, to give you you know fairness in the way that you've expressed your your viewpoint there mate i think that's uh important i think it's also important to remind people that when we have high stakes sport of any kind you use every asset in your armory and that means using the rule book at, at, at times as well so mate to that what is the relationship like with shane because typically you guys have got on super well but now we're we're batting for a championship here is it okay has it changed what's that like 
no, no, to me, man, it's just all racing. So, you know, I can I can go out there and put my helmet on and, and um, you know, I believe that we can both have, you know, a massive ding-dong battle like how we did on the weekend and get out and shake hands and, um, you know, and just and, and sort of just be happy for each other. So um, I'm sure to get more heated um, as we go down the line. But, you know, as of right now, I really enjoyed racing with him and, you know, I believe he enjoyed racing me as well. And, you know, we both got out after the race and, you know, said how awesome it was. So, yeah. It's um it'll be interesting to see how it goes down the line, but you know, so far it's been, you know, great, you know, being great able to, you know, race each other so hard and, you know, fair in my opinion. Hopefully you can preserve that. Is the threat here too, mate, and, and in managing relationships, you've got to think internally too, because Will had a great weekend in, in WA. That's gotta kinda of be in the back of your mind as well, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. You know, Will's you know, Will's been an awesome teammate and um yeah, he's definitely no slouch either. He's uh, you know, like how we showed on the Sunday, he got a pole and, you know, drove away in that race. You know, it gets me when we get our first one too, and um, you know, was putting on, you know, putting pressure on Brock for the majority of the race um, in the last one. So he's had great speed as well. So um, definitely can't count him out either. And you know, Brock's not too far behind either in the championship. So you know, as far as you know, I, I'm concerned, anyone's a threat at this point inside the top sort of six. So yeah, we just have to keep our heads down. And um, you know, we've had I think uh, seven podiums in the last eight races, which has been really cool. So we'll just keep that up. All right, let's finish on that note. Keep your head down, as you say. Go well for the remainder of the the championship. We're grateful that you've come on and given more of an insight into who Brody Kostecki is. And hopefully, we get to have a little beer later down uh, down the track in the in the season, mate. Enjoy uh, the remainder of 2023 and go well. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Before we go, a couple of other quick yarns. Gritty drive from Oscar Piastri, who battled a stomach bug over the F1 weekend in Baku. He finished just outside the points in the main race in 11th. Sergio Perez won again. He trails teammate Max Verstappen by six points in the Drivers' Championship, now heading to Miami this weekend. James Small, who... We added to the Rusty's Garage Library very recently. Good story of a racer-turned-engineer who now works in NASCAR. Well, he returned to the winner's circle with his driver, Martin Truex Jr. in Dover there. James has been working damn hard with the Joe Gibbs team to get back to victory lane after winning at the Coliseum at the start of the year. Well done. Congrats to Ben Barguana, who picked up the TCR Europe Rookie Trophy and almost finished in the top 10 in the second race of his debut in the TCR World Tour in Portugal. He'll be back in action at Phillip Island in 10 days' time for round two of the Aussie series. Dick Johnson Racing has announced an unchanged lineup. Will Davison and Anton Di Pasquale will be its front line again in 2024. Consistency is the key, according to management. They're keeping a nice, stable lineup. And Scott McLaughlin, their former driver, headed into the month of May in the best possible way with what he described as the most complete IndyCar drive of that part of his career so far. Taking out the race in Alabama ahead of Romain Grosjean, we have got a member of the NBC commentary team joining us on the brief in the weeks ahead to preview the big one, the Indy 500, at the end of the month. So keep an ear out and eye out for that. That is it for today. Our thanks to Barry Ryan, Shannon and all the team at Erebus for helping us to get Brody Kostecki on today. We hope you enjoyed it. No doubt we'll get him on for a longer chat further down the track as well here on Rusty's Garage. Catch you next time, everyone. Bye for now.